This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Lord God, in this time and in this place, we ask that you would fill us with your everlasting grace. As we gather around your word, Holy Spirit, fill our hearts and our minds and transform us. As we gather here today, let our minds consider how you have served us with your life, Jesus, and how that makes all the difference, not only in the world, in the day-to-day, but for all eternity. In your powerful and saving name, Jesus, we pray this. Amen. You're ever in class and the teacher says, well, you know, I've got an easy question for you. And immediately you're going, oh, no, man, it's going to be an easy question. What if I get it wrong? Well, I got an easy question for you. How many of you came to worship today uh, in any kind of vehicle, a car, a truck, or a bus? Raise your hand. Okay, told you that was pretty easy, right? Okay. Now, imagine what that would have been like if instead of driving in the car, you had to push it all the way here. Okay. Notice the sign there, we're praying for you there, right? <laughs> Happy coincidence. <laughs> you know, I, I live close, probably as close as anybody to victory, right? Just under two miles, all right? But if I would have had to push my car here, it would have been a real bear, right? Or, or some other B word, like burden. What, what were you guys thinking? Huh? <laughs> Can you imagine the, the frustration, the exhaustion, the, the feelings of I want to give up, of futility, only to get here and realize you got to do it in reverse. You got to go back home too the same way. But you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. That, that could have been for all of us, right? But, but we just used a, a car key, right? And the car key set us free from the burden. I mean, can you imagine pushing the car this morning on the ice and snow in the cold with the wind? Ah, but you just set yourself free, right? Just use the car key. What about in the summertime? July, August, 80 degrees at 8 o'clock, 100% humidity. You know, those days are coming. What if we didn't use the car key? And we push the car all the way here and all the way back. Well, forget about it. What if, you know, what if it was perfect weather, but it wasn't too cold or it wasn't too hot? If it was perfect weather and you still had to push your car here, that would be horrible, right? I bring this up because some of you, and you know who you are, some of you are living under the law and not the good news of Jesus Christ. Some of you are, are living under the law instead of the gospel. I just want you to know, though, if you're living under the law, I have some exciting news for you. Here's some words from a guy who used to live under the law. And he says to you and me, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. See, there's a 
big difference between living under the law and living under the good news of Jesus Christ. Living under the law is like pushing your car wherever you go, right? It's like pushing your car here. The, the gospel is, is kind of like just using that car key and it changes everything, right? Except actually the difference between the law and the good news of Jesus Christ is even greater than that. Another way of considering the, the burden of the law would be like if... Uh, you had to carry this chain around with you wherever you went. You know, and you get tangled up and it gets heavy. It, it's hard to do things. It, it may even become impossible to do things carrying this chain around with you. I mean, can you imagine what it would be like if you had to carry this chain with you wherever you went? You go to work, you got to take the chain with you. Come to worship, got to have the chain with you. All you want to do is get up off the couch and go grab something out of the refrigerator or cupboard to eat. Got to take the chain with you. Imagine what it'd be like if you had to take the chain with you wherever you went. You're going to make a phone call. And the chain's in the way. It's just right there. You got to go to the bathroom. Got to take the chain with you. Some of you don't have to imagine what it's like because you're carrying the chain with you right now. Maybe it's the, the chain of addiction, chain of animosity, chain of envy. It goes with you wherever you go. Chain of frustration, chain of fear. Wherever you go, it's there. Chain of jealousy, chain of lack of self-control, chain of lust, the chain of being a, a people pleaser, Holding you down. The chain of revenge, chain of regret, chain of shame, the chain of stress, chain of anxiety. You just, you just can't get away from it. It's there. The chain of secrets. It's a heavy burden. I know by personal experience, it's heavy. Sometimes things in life are, are really heavy. But I want you to know that Jesus is the key that sets you free. Hebrews 7 says it this way. He, Jesus, sacrificed for their sins, yours and mine, once for all when he offered himself, broke the chains. Another way of saying that is from Hebrews 9. It says, for this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free, that be you and me again, from the sins committed under the first covenant, you're no longer chained to the law. You're no longer in a transactional relationship with God. You're no longer in this relationship that says, well, I did this, so God, you should do this for me. Or I did this, and so I hope you didn't see that, God. You're no longer in a transactional relationship with God. He broke those chains through Jesus Christ. Living in a, in a transactional relationship with God, you're, you're still tethered to the law. Kind of like that, that game tetherball, right? right? No matter how far you get away from the pole of the law, you're still hooked up to the law. And the, the harder you try, the faster you go, the closer to the law you actually are. And it's tough. 
the chain game to the law sounds like this. I, I should have. I could have. I ought to have. I always mess up. I never do anything right. And our relationship with God, it, it's not based on us and our works. It's based on Jesus and his perfect works in our place. God doesn't keep score with us anymore. You see, Jesus is the key that sets you free. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I used to coach basketball, and, and people would say, you know, it really doesn't matter if you win or lose. And I'd say, then why do they keep score? <laughs> Friends, God has already won, already won your victory. You don't need to keep score. It's over. The victory is won. So, so why don't we, from, from this day forward, why don't we do this? Let's agree. Let's agree to not keep score any longer. In any relationship, in anything, let's just agree not to keep score any longer. And let's agree to love. From a guy who was just embedded in the law, who was out to show that, that he was better than everybody else, that was ripping on everybody else so they could look bad, so that he, in his own mind anyway, would look good. But then he was set free by Jesus Christ, he says to you and me today, serve one another humbly in love. This is not a could or should of, would of. This is I get to because we're not keeping score anymore. The pressure's off because love is on. Let's show that love to the, to the least in our community and to all our neighbors. Uh, another guy that was just rooted in the law again until he was set free by Jesus said this, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing good or doing wrong, sorry, they may see your good deeds and glorify your God. Though they may accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify not you, but God. So this is a, a quote from a book called Hope of Nations. And, and it's speaking to Christians. And so if, if you're a Christian, see if, if this is what it sounds like. And, and if you're not a Christian, see if this is what it looks like Christians are about, right? Okay, it says, many people living on the same streets as we do never see our loving action. So if you're a Christian, do people who live on your street see your loving action? Or, or if, you're, if you're a non-Christian, do you see the love of Christians on your street? Or is, is that absent? Goes on. Instead, they see our absence or worse, our defensive reaction to the changing U.S. culture. They see our antagonism against their tribe, which is against them. 
We give them the impression of insecurity, self-protectiveness, and hate on the outside. We have claimed to love them from a distance, but we have failed to show them directly and personally that we are selfless, loving, and good. See, as we began this series, Living Forward, and as we're in that linked campaign, right, we are linked to Christ, linked to one another, and linked to our community. God's word is not just to be around us, it is to abound in us. We're here to encourage and support and help one another out and then be involved in our community. That's exactly what Jesus did. John chapter 4, we meet Jesus as he's meeting a, a woman at the well. She's a Samaritan woman. And in just, you know, really simple terms, what that meant was she was the exact opposite of Jesus. Okay? The exact opposite. She was all about coexist before we ever came up with the term. And Jesus arrives on the scene and he, he doesn't rip her apart. He loves her. He serves her. He offers her living water at the well. But it's actually even better than that because he's offering her himself. Just serving in love. Not going to keep score. Jesus did the same thing with his disciples. In that upper room, he, he washed their feet. This, this is stunning. I mean, imagine going to, to like Harvard University and the president of the university gets down on his hands and knees and starts washing the feet of the janitors. Just wouldn't expect it. But Jesus did for them what they never even dreamed of doing for each other. And after he showed them his love, this is what he said. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus was doing that game show and tell. Showed him his love and then told him about it. See, while, while we may not be exactly here yet in the Midwest, on the coasts, they are already there. Where Christians are considered to be like villains. Just ask Karen Pence, who signed up to teach an art class. It always has been, but now especially, it's a perfect time to serve in love. To serve without keeping score, to just serve in love. What does love look like? If we're going to serve in love, what, what's it look like? Well, love speaks in actions and in words. So, so here are a couple of examples. And again, they're just a couple of examples. There's no way I could come up with all, you know, no way. So love speaks in actions and in words. We have the happy hands and heads ministry going on right now where you and I have an opportunity in love to, to bring some new mittens and gloves, a scarf, a hat that will go to some kids out on the playground who don't have it. Think that'd make a difference today? 
Another opportunity, again, a, a simple way you're out to eat. And there's this table of four next to you. You don't even know who they are. Pay for their meal unexpectedly and leave a good tip. Just tell them your meal is free, just like God's grace. And ask them if they want to know more. If they want to know more, tell them more. And if they want to know more and you're a little concerned about that, tell them, let me get you in contact with my pastor. I'm fine with that. What's love look like? Donating food and clothes to a shelter. Serving at a shelter. Over the course of the, the next couple of weeks, with Love Speaks, we're going to roll out our, our grace in action ideas where we're going to give you opportunities to do planned acts of Christian kindness. And, and that might be as an individual, that might be you and your family doing it together, it might be you and your small group doing it. We'll go out and intentionally serve in love. But I want you to know that, that love is more than just planned acts of kindness. It's giving of yourself. Generosity and making yourself available for other people. We have a number of examples right inside our own congregation here of where some of you have dropped everything to help and support others. Not just in the good times, but in the really bad times. I'm so humbled by your love. Thank you for those examples. See, for instance, imagine, since we don't have to keep score, imagine if we lived as citizens of heaven, since we are, instead of just citizens of the earth. Imagine what it would look like if when you and I made our our day-by-day steps and walks through life, we would see other people just as Jesus saw the woman at the well. Just as Jesus saw the disciples in that upper room, just as Jesus sees you and me right now. Imagine what it would be like if tomorrow when we went to work, we went and served those who so often are serving us. So here's your assignment for the week. What is one way you can serve the spiritually needy in love this week? What's one way You can serve the spiritually needy in love this week. I got to warn you, though, that if you choose to take on this assignment, it will likely mess you up because it's contagious. And and you'll do that one thing, and you know what will happen is it, it will lead you to do another thing. And you will keep on humbly serving in love. One thing will lead to another. Because you see, love replaces the law. 
And love moves us to serve one another. And how does that happen? It all happens through the unconditional love of Jesus. Who in his great love for us leads us to serve. Because you see, Jesus is that key that sets you free. Let's pray. Lord God, as, as we gather here today and kind of focus in on the songs and the reading and, and the message, and we, we think about Jacob getting ripped off in his service and everything, and I just kept serving in love, and we think about you, how, how you serve fully and completely in love always, and how sometimes we still rebel against that, and how... You already won the victory for us, so we can relax. Pressure's off, no scorekeeping, just love. Jesus, thank you for loving us and pouring your love out on us. We ask for your grace in this, that you would pour out your love now through us, this day and every day. In your name, Jesus who has set us free, we pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.